All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Overcome Become podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Humberto Kaufman. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we have the winner of the 2019 Toronto Pro Show and the 2019 Puerto Rico Pro Show, uh, John Della Rosa. How are you doing today, big guy? What's going on, guys? How are you? It's very nice to be here with you guys. We appreciate having you, man. We're doing great. Thank you. Um, Good. John, I got to say, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, obviously, as uh, we are both amateur competitors. It's just a pleasure to sit down and just kind of pick your brain and yeah. hear about hear about you, right? Hear about mm-hmm. what initially got you into bodybuilding as a whole. Um, I'm curious, what is it that caught your attention growing up in the first place? And, you know, how did you find bodybuilding and, and competing, for example? Well, my story is very different from, I, I would say, 99% of the people that compete. My father was is a bodybuilder <laughs> even till this age of uh, his age of 59 he still lives heavy he still looks like a tank uh he's still he's getting ready to compete now um so from a very young age i was around the sport um i was looking at the magazines reading the magazines i was i couldn't wait to to get the the next issue of flex or muscular development or whatever it was and see who won the shows and stuff me and my dad would kind of talk about it and go over it all and analyze the physiques and who I wanted to look like. And of course I was a shorter guy. So I, I aspired to be people like Sean Ray and Lee Priest and Lee Labrada and, you know, all those guys. Um, so, you know, from a very early age, training was something that I enjoyed because I would always see my father training and my father was the, the biggest guy out of all of my friend's fathers. So Whenever my friends would come over, my dad would pick us up from school. Like they would climb all over and like, oh my God, your dad is the Hulk. So of course, as a kid, I'm like, yeah, my dad's the coolest thing in the world. And I wanted to be like him. Um, so whenever my dad would train at home with dumbbells or, you know, bench press, he had, he had a bench press at the house. He had a bunch of dumbbells and stuff. So I would train with him. I would pick up some dumbbells and just <laughs> start messing around at seven, eight years old. And, uh, you know, my dad was my training partner up until four years ago. You know, I'm 30, I'm going to be 37 next month. Me and my dad trained together every day for over 20 some years. So that's how I got into the sport. It's, uh, it's not something that, uh, you know, I was bullied or, you know, I had a body image issue or, you know, when I compete, it's a very different thing for me some guys uh you know after having been in the sport for some time and and becoming friends with these people a lot of them you know have these uh at least some of the guys that i know they have these these things that they're they're constantly harping on to help them be better athletes right whether it was that they were bullied as kids or they were overweight or whatever see i don't i don't have that i just naturally just wanted to be better than what I was, you know, I wanted to be bigger than what I was. I wanted to be more muscular and everybody has that same goal. I just don't have some negative connotation to get me there. For me, it's just pure love and excitement of pushing myself to be better. That's it. See, that's very interesting because I think a lot of people may think that in order for you to be a good bodybuilder, you kind of have to come from like a dark side side of thing, whether it was like a, like a, uh, a past from addiction or some sort of bullying, as you mentioned, but right. I mean, you are proved that that's not necessarily the truth. You can actually become, uh, you know, the very best version of yourself, but just the pure passion and love of, of what you do. And you don't necessarily yeah. have to be fighting your demons the entire process. Right. 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 Yeah, I mean, look, life has dealt me some pretty rough hands and, and I've dealt with them and I would be lying if I said I don't use them. Right. But that wasn't the driving force in me becoming an IFBB pro bodybuilder. I mean, it was just something that I love to do, you know, and I, I genuinely like enjoy going to the gym. I, I love training with my dad and hanging out with the guys and just, you know, it was it was for me. That was my that was my thing. Some kids like to play video games. Some kids like to I don't know. I don't I, to me, just the gym was always my place. You know what I mean? I, I just always felt home. And I'd, I, I guess, you know, coming from that aspect too, like being able to train with your dad, it probably brought you guys incredibly close together as well, right? So it was a nice oh, bonding too. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's my best friend. I mean, we, we don't go a day without talking to one another. If we do, that's very, very, very rare. But 
we talk to each other every single day. Um, my father knows everything about my life, relationships, finances, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. He knows. Um, and he is my best friend. And, and what better person to go to in life than somebody who, you know, cares about you as much as your parent does. Right. Like, so, yeah, I mean, the, the bond that my, my dad have, like, I always tell everybody it's weird because my dad is my best friend, but he's also my dad, you know, so it's 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 a little bit of a weird dynamic, but, um, I wouldn't change it for the world. My dad is, uh, he's to me, he's the greatest man who's ever walked the earth. It's amazing to hear, man. I bet a lot of people yeah. hearing this would probably be just envious hearing of that relationship. Right. I guess some yeah. people maybe think it's weird. I don't know. I mean, if you have that great of a relationship with your parents, why not? Right. But, uh, yeah, I so, mean, I think, yeah. I think it's, I think it speaks for me. If I, if I meet another person who has a very close relationship to their family, it speaks volumes of the kind of person that they are, right? Like it, it says that you're a family person, you value relationships, you value tradition, you value, you know what I mean? So maybe some people don't see it like that. We live in a very um, selfish world, but for me, it's like, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't change it for the world. And it's not like that with just my dad, my dad, yes, me and my dad have a very special uh, relationship, but my whole family, we are a very, very close knit family. You know, I, I talk to my brothers, and my sister very often. I talk to my mom every other day or so. Whenever my dad's around my mom, you know, I talk to my mom. So it's like, we're very, very close. We spend all the holidays together. It's just the way we are, you know? How do you, um, how do you manage um, getting really deep into your training and training for such a show as the Mr. Olympia, for example, where you have to be 100% all out? How do, we, how do you balance this type of, of, of situation and approach and style of training while still uh, maintaining your relationships, whether it's with your friends, with your family and such. Are there any tips or, or things that you have learned uh, along the way through the years that, uh, that you could perhaps uh, give some sort of advice to the people just up and coming, amateurs and even new pros? Well, yeah, yes and no. So I, I can't speak. I'm not the best in the world and I'm far from it. I think I've done well in my career. I would like to do better. But I think there's something to be said about the importance of time. And um, we're only here for so long. We don't know when our time is going to be up. And bodybuilding is a sport. It's a hobby. It's something that, you know, I love. I wouldn't give it up for the world um, unless I absolutely needed to. But while we're here, you know, I think it's important to have a balance of the things that make you like fulfill you as a person. Right. Bodybuilding is a part of that for me. It's not all of it. Um, and I think anyone who makes bodybuilding or anything, anything in their life, it could be, I don't know, TV or video games, like it, anything, too much of anything can become bad is what I'm saying. So, you know, although bodybuilding is a huge part of my life and I love it. And I do also believe that there needs to be a balance in your life. And for me, it's easy to, you know, be dieting and go, for instance, my sister's, uh, you know, thankfully is, is pregnant and, and she had a gender reveal party just the other week in Orlando. Congratulations. I had to, thank you. Thank you. It was, a, it was an amazing, it's crazy that my little, my baby sister's pregnant. Flex, please stop. My little dog is crying to go outside. Let me know. <laughs> oh, I understand all about that. I have a very, very loud dog at home. Yeah. You know, it was, it was nothing for me to just get my meals ready and drive four hours to be to spend time with my family you know I scheduled my training around it I made sure that it was I was scheduling a day off I made sure I had my meals prepped I packed them I drove four hours to Orlando I spent the entire day with them ate my meals drove back four hours I was in bed and ready to train legs the next day mm -hmm. so there's a balance right there's a lot of people that I know that would have said oh I'm not driving four hours I gotta prep my food I gotta stay home I'm in prep I gotta do this like and they would have given up that time, but God forbid anything ever happened. You know, if I, if I lost someone in my family that day and selfishly, I was thinking to myself, well, I got, I'm in prep. I, I, I think that's something that would have, you know, eaten me alive. So I always value spending time with my, the people that I care about, my family, my friends. If I have an opportunity to, to spend time with them and look, it's just time. Like I, it's nothing, you know? Um, so it's nothing, but it's everything. And, and it's, for me, it's an easy decision. Just, you just got a plan. You got a plan ahead. That's it.
Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, the importance of actually thinking long term. And this includes life after bodybuilding and what you actually have left after you're done with all this. Once the, you know, the hype and, you know, the, the attention and the com competitive aspect, once, once that is over, what do you have left? Uh, you know, sure, money comes and goes, but, you know, is this relationship that you potentially deterred and, and, and affected in the process if you were too selfish that once you're yeah. done you're going to face the consequences of that right and as you That's mentioned right. you'll be left alone and you don't have that like time does not get get back it's something once right. it's gone it's gone right so right absolutely yeah yep. well, I, de yep. I definitely admire the bonds that you have man like i i, I saw your stories there uh, when you were at the gender reveal in Orlando for your sister. And then all I could think was like, that's, that's incredibly wholesome because like, I, I know for me, like I have four sisters, you know, coming from a very, very tight knit Spanish family. My mom can't even speak English. Right. So those memories, they matter the most. They really, of course, do. of course, and uh, lots of nieces and nephews. So, I mean, you know, let's say for example, like our lifestyle, especially yours, because you're at the pro level, it can be selfish. You miss one birthday or two birthdays, just speaking generally, like you're not getting that time back. Those yeah, memories not. you're not a part of, right? And the so, thing, the thing that I think uh, a lot of people unfortunately misread or misinterpret is that in order for you to spend time, meaningful time, and for in order for you to spend meaningful time with the people that you love or care about, it means you need to be eating or need you need to, you don't. Yeah. It involves you food can, or drinks. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't. You can bring your own food. Yeah, sure. Is it? Are you gonna maybe be a little embarrassed that you're bringing your own food to a restaurant? But who cares? You're still spending time with your family or the people that you care about. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I've always had that kind of outlook on it. I think it's really important to again spend time with the people that you care about. Bodybuilding isn't everything. It, you know, it can't be everything, and it's just like anything else. Too much of one thing can be really bad for you. Um, bodybuilding is a selfish sport already. Uh, I didn't, I went a stretch, uh, I didn't celebrate my own birthday. See, I'll give up things like that. I hadn't celebrated my own birthday in like eight years. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. To me, it's just another day. Mm -hmm. But my family still bought a birthday cake. They still sung happy birthday to me. They still cooked dinner. And I was there eating my meat. Those you know what I mean? Of course. Of yeah, course. So the, the cool thing is, is that, you know, my family is very understanding of the career that I've made for myself and what I need to do. So for them, it's just kind of like oh, John's eating his, you know, John's in prep again, like, you know, and they're OK with it, you know. And eventually for the people that are listening, your friends, your family will be OK with it. They'll understand, OK, it's just, you know, whoever you are, you're doing your job, you're doing what you'd like to do. And they're going to be supportive of it. Did you encounter a little bit more of resistance from your family and friends in the beginning? Because I'm assuming by now they obviously understand they know what you're doing and they're used to it almost, so to speak. Was yeah. it a little bit harder, like when you were an amateur, when you first starting, did you experience any sort of resistance or, or not really? Again, it was, it, it was, a, I lived a very different life. Like my mom, I guess, I guess it's not, it's not very different for most Spanish families, right? But we ate rice and chicken or yeah. rice and yeah. fish or rice and steak. So like my mom knew what the bodybuilding life was about before I was heavily into it. So no, I didn't get pushback. Um, the, the, I will say the only kind of pushback that I got from my family was uh, my mom. She hated seeing me when I was a week or two out from a show. She'd be like, just eat a little bit of food. You'll, you'll feel better. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> it was probably like, I don't I like, like how your face looks. You look yeah, skinny. Yeah, yeah, you're too skinny. So, you know, my grandmother too. So it's okay on that end. Of course, they weren't pushing me to, but, you know, obviously they were just a little concerned that I was a little too skinny. And God, you know, that drives people up the wall. Oh my God, I'm too skinny. For yeah. me, I just kind of like laugh it off and, you know, say, no, mom, I'm okay. I got another week and, you know, then I'll enjoy all the food you want to cook for me. I, I think that's like a normal Spanish thing though, because like I know. Uh. Uh, when I competed last October, it was like the same thing. It was like, oh god, my yeah. Like, my mom is like, no, no, it's fine. Your coach won't notice. Just have have a little bit more. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. Like, don't worry. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of days, and we can go out to eat. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. So, um, John, I know uh, you're a coach as well, and uh, kind of mm. going back to. Uh, the actually topic of birthdays. Uh, I'm very curious to to know how you handle. I'm sure you have um, experienced potentially a situation with a client when they're like they're in prep and mm -hmm. they're like, 
uh, you know, it's my birthday coming up and they might be close to the show. How do you approach that topic? Because, you know, for someone that is perhaps not as experienced or, or, or they haven't really been in this situation, obviously they're going to resort to the coach's answer when it comes to this. Right. Um, is, there, is, there a, is, there, is there a rule that you have when it comes to whether it's cheat meals, when it comes to the social aspects? How do you explain to them uh, how to go uh, about these situations when it comes to birthdays or social events? Well, number one, I, I try to make it as clear as possible with that person that I'm working with. What is their goal? I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't make sacrifices. I just told you I didn't celebrate my own birthday for eight years. Mm -hmm. Right now, if your goal is just to get up on stage and just kind of have fun and you're not really caring where your career in the, on the stage goes, I might say, you know what? Go enjoy a meal. It's OK. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to be your absolute best and let's just use, you know, you're two weeks out from a show as, a, as an example. If that person's a little bit behind, I might say, hey, you know, I, I understand it's your birthday, but, you know, we still have a little catching up to do. And, you know, the, the choice is yours. I'm, I'm, I'm not a dictator. You know, I, I don't want someone to feel as though I'm telling them what they need to do with their life. I'm simply a coach. I'm going to give you my advice. And in that person's situation, I might say, you know, if, if it was me and I was a little bit behind, I would skip out on that cheat meal for another two weeks. Just keep pushing and get the result that you're trying to get on stage rather than having the pleasure of a cheat meal or spending time with your family and eating. And, but but also bearing that disappointment in two weeks because you didn't do everything you could have done to be mm -hmm. your absolute best. So, you know, I, I always I often leave it in the in the the hands of the client to make the ultimate decision. But I do lay out options for them. Right. I, I tell them, OK, well, if you cheat, it might have a positive effect. But from where I'm standing, it probably won't. Um, and here what here's what will happen. You know, it may may lead to a negative outcome. If that's a risk that you're willing to take, you by all means, we will adjust accordingly. If not, here's what I do think we should do continue pushing through and whatever. I think that's a, a very important aspect to, to kind of keep in mind because once you approach a situation in this way, I think the, the, the client understands that rather than, as you mentioned, a dictatorship, like my way or the highway, it's more of a collaboration in which both right. parties have to put their best, right? Because right. if the client is just, they have to actually understand that it's at the end of the day, it's their goal. So yeah. having conversations like this is very eye-opening for, for a lot of people because they're like, oh, oh, in some cases, I think they just come almost like snap out of it. They're thinking about that birthday cake. They're thinking about, you know, a couple of drinks and yeah. whatever. And they're just mm -hmm. kind of like deviating their sights from the goal at hand. And you just kind of right. coach instead of just telling them, no, you're, you're forbidden to do this. You, 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 this is no, no, no. Basically, you this is where you the reason why you started and you should continue down this path because of this, this and this. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 amazing. Kind of like sticking a, a little bit uh, around the topic of of uh, the client coach relationship. Personally, for you, when you whether it was when you were an amateur or now being a professional, what what is your train of thought or process when it comes to uh, picking a coach? What are you? What are the main things that you uh, pay attention to? What What are your main considerations? What is what you uh, look for when it comes to to this relationship? Well. At this stage in my life, I would be, I'm, I'm trying, I'm picking my words carefully here because I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but take your time. Uh, you know, when it comes to picking a coach, I just, at this, there was a time in my life where I wanted a coach who I felt was producing the best athletes. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason why I wanted that is because I felt like, okay, if this person has, you know, 10 champions on their roster, they must be doing something right. 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 I've worked with several different coaches in this industry, and I will tell you that there is no one outstanding coach better than the other. Everyone has their different methods. I don't believe that anyone is better than the other. I just feel that there are different ways to skin a cat, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. At this stage of my career and at this stage of my life, it's important to me more so than whatever champion this person has on their roster or how many pro wins they have. I mean, look, every coach has their thing, right? What they hang their their reputation on. Let's just put it that way. Some of them say they've produced Mr. Olympia. Some of them say they produce, they have so many pro wins and whatever. Um, none of that shit matters to me anymore. And the reason being is because 
if you don't believe in my goal, then we're just not going to work out. I need someone who believes in me and what I'm trying to accomplish just as much as I do. And when you find a coach that can provide you with that, I think the opportunities can be endless. Um, I've hit that rhythm a few times with a few different coaches, uh, Chris Aceto being one of them. Me and Chris Aceto were, man, we were hitting our stride, the Orlando Pro, Brazil, you know, the Arnold Classic Brazil back in 2014, 2015. Probably the best I've ever looked uh, aside from this last year in 2019 or two years ago. But yeah, I mean, like he was excited when I was getting on stage. He was excited when I was getting ready. Like he was genuinely excited. And then we had a, you know, we, we hit a show. We didn't do as well. I forget which one it was. And then we did another show and we didn't win. And I kind of felt, you know, he wasn't as excited as it was. And then we did the Olympia and I wasn't. Uh, one of the guys that he was checking in on as much, you know what I mean? He had other guys that were there that were, so, you know, and this happened to me with several different coaches. Like I said, it's understandable, right? Like as a, if you're a betting man, you're going to put, you're going to put your attention to your top dollar on the horse that you feel is, has the best chances of winning. Mm-hmm. Right. So as a coach, I understand the business of it, but at the same time, I feel like, again, at this point of my life, it's important to, you're building a relationship with this person. And this person needs to understand that there are many other factors in your life that that don't involve bodybuilding. Yes. Right. And they need to be able to understand those things, work around those things, work with you on those things. If it was as easy as, hey, coach, send me over a plan. You know, I'm going to follow it to the T and we're going to be Mr. Olympia. You know, how many people would be Mr. Olympia? I can't tell you there has probably been a handful of times on one hand, there's probably a handful of times that I have missed a meal or ate off of my meal during prep. Mm -hmm. And I've been competing over 20 years, probably a handful. Like I said, I mean, one hand, if there's five times that if there's five times that I've missed a meal or Uh ate a meal off of my plan in all the years that I've been doing that, that's a lot. Wow. Okay. So if that's what it took to be Mr. Olympia, then I'd be Mr. Olympia a hundred times over. The thing is, is that there are some athletes like myself who, you know, there are other aspects that I live. I live a very full life. I have a business. I have friends. I had a wife. I, you know, there's a lot of things happening, mm-hmm. right? And your coach needs to understand that. Your coach, again, you're building a relationship with this coach. Your coach needs to understand, okay, all right, this person's got this going on. For instance, when I was working with Chris Aceto, getting ready for the Orlando Pro, he knew I was working very long hours. He adjusted my diet. He would call me constantly. How are you feeling? Is it, is it enough food? Are you feeling hungry? What are you feeling during the night? Communication was on point. I was very, again, I was probably my best at that show. And then there's been others where they just write a plan. Okay, go do it. And that's it. And then I'm left stressed out at the end of the day because it's like, okay, well, do I look ready? Do I like, you're not getting that feedback. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I think there's many other factors when you're picking a coach. Like I said, at this stage of my life, I want a coach that number one believes in what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. That's the, that's a really, really important thing because if they don't believe in what you're trying to accomplish, they're probably not going to work as hard as, you think they're going to work, right? They're probably just going to write a plan, check in with you once a week, take your money, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But if they believe in you, they're going to call you and say, hey, how are you feeling today? How's your, how's your training? How's your pumps going? Is there enough food? Is it too little food? How's your, you know, everything. They're going to want to know everything about you because they're going to want you to be your best. If Absolutely. you don't have that, you, you're, I'm sorry, your coach is not doing their job. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, it's a little bit tricky in this day and age because with social media and, you know, you, you have a highlight reel, right? So you're, you're looking for a coach, let's say you're starting out a bodybuilding, perhaps you're, you've done a few shows or whatnot, you're almost limited, especially if the coach is not, whether it's not the same, you know, state or even, even country, you're only limited to the information that you see online. Of course, it's very easy yeah. to portray a certain image of the coach's abilities and the coach's you know uh, success and whatnot where in reality i think if you're only basing yourself on that because that is you you have limited um, ability to do a proper research then it's kind of 
likely the you may not nail it you know that first or second attempt because you're only able to see the success you don't you have you don't really know what the coach may be like to work with until you're actually involved with it right so um it can get pretty tricky myself I've, i've had numerous coaches as well and and i think and, and i'm definitely in agreement with in agreement with uh with what you mentioned that there's not necessarily only one way to get things right like there's different approaches to get to the same result yeah and i yeah. just have to you know go through some trial and error until you get the one that best works for you and your lifestyle and your current situation because from what i'm, I'm understanding in your case what you're trying to do is you're trying to maximize every aspect of your life without e- either of them affecting the others Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So that's that's almost that's that's basically what I'm trying to do as well currently because I, yeah. I love bodybuilding. I'm currently you know coaching athletes. I, I just started uh, uh, my first promoting venture. I'm going to have a show in Mexico. So a lot of things are starting. Oh, good. Yeah. So um, a lot of things are starting to kind of like get together. I'm trying to balance my best possible way between family, between bodybuilding, which is my passion, between my clients, between this and that, and I don't want to necessarily have any of them being affected so it's, it's tricky to find that balance but i think if you actually make the effort in it well, you will get there yeah i think that if you put in the effort and if you surround yourself again with the right people mm-hmm. you, you, the possibilities are endless i don't i have never liked to be told that i can't do something um i have been told that i would never be a bodybuilder i was too short i wasn't big enough i wasn't you know everything in the book and here i am Um, I've traveled the world. I've had, you know, a lot of success in bodybuilding and outside of bodybuilding through bodybuilding, you know, and I've, able, I've been able to do it with a lot of a lot of people not believing that I could do it. But I always had, you know, a strong support system. Now, again, unfortunately, in this day and age with the way the coaching landscape is, you're you're a racehorse, especially at the top. You know, if you're competing with these top guys, you're just a racehorse. You're you're part of the uh, the current, you know, crop. And if you're not one of the top guys, you're not going to get the attention that you're, you know, you feel you need. Um, and that's what I mean. Surrounding yourself with the right people. If you find a coach that, you know, whether you're the top guy or not, they believe that you can be mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Switching gears um, just a little bit, John. I want to take it back to Toronto Pro 2019 yeah. and just kind of want to ask about that. What was that experience like for you? Because that, that looks like one of your biggest wins on paper so far in the recent years. Yeah. Um, can you go into detail, like what, what kind of mindset it took for that prep? You know, Neil Hill being in person with you there, for example, um, yeah. just the support system that you have is very strong, obviously, of course. I'd love to hear, you know, what that experience was like, was like, and more so just on top of that, really curious, did that win kind of push you towards, you know, wanting to open up the gym that you're currently building now? So the experience leading into that show was, it was a little bit of redemption for me in the sense that I had just kind of, I went through a really hard time in my life going through my divorce with my ex-wife and, you know, the year after that competing was just horrible because I was kind of forcing myself going through the motions and just kind of not dealing with the divorce in, in a healthy way. You know, as I said earlier, too much of one thing could be bad. And I was just, I was spending my days in the gym, literally days in the gym um, because I didn't want to go home. I just, I didn't want to sit and think about what the, where I was in my life. I didn't want to deal with it. So I just trained. I did cardio and I trained and I ate. I did cardio and I trained and I ate. And it was just, I just stayed away from my thoughts as much as I could. Um, so 2018 wasn't good. Um, 2019 was redemption for me. It was a very personal thing. It wasn't more so to prove to anyone that it was to prove to me that um, the sacrifices that I had made all through my career were still worth something to me. It still meant something. It was still valuable. So Uh, in 2019, I did the New York Pro against Neil Hill's wishes. Uh, I was getting ready for the show, and about a week out, he just kind of told me, he was like, I, I don't want you to do the show. And I had already committed to it. Um, family, friends, everybody was already aware that I was doing it. Um, and I was a bit frustrated uh, because that was the plan the entire time. I was getting ready for the New York Pro the entire time. 
So I went ahead and did it without uh, Neil's, you know, without his, without his uh, approval. Um, and I placed third or fourth, I believe. I don't remember where, but I was disappointed, but still happy I did it. And then Toronto Pro, I'm sorry, Puerto Rico Pro was a week later. And I had already decided in my mind I was going to go win. Um, and I didn't care who was showing up. And it was just, it was done in my head. And I know I'm not a very cocky or overly confident person, but I just, I just felt in my heart that it didn't matter who showed up. I was going to win. And man, I busted my ass for those next six days. And, and it, you know, I just kind of felt at ease. Again, I was just so confident in what I was able to do that I just was at ease and I was calm. And I went up there and four guys showed up with the Puerto Rico pro. And one of them who had beaten me just the week before I came out and won. And then uh, I was faced with winning the Toronto Pro, right? Uh, the Toronto Pro was a competition that I had done probably eight, nine years. I've done it eight or nine times. I don't remember, but it's there. I've done it a lot. Every year that I've done the New York Pro, I go into Toronto Pro. So again, it's usually a week or two after. Um, and the promoters out there are just amazing. The, the show is awesome. It's, it's literally one of my favorite shows to compete at. Uh, the fans are great. Just everything. Top to bottom is I, I have a great time. The city of Toronto is awesome. So I knew that Ian was going to be competing, Valier. Mm -hmm. And I knew that he'd be a you know, formidable competition. But, I, you know, I think I'm a better bodybuilder. I think I'm a little bit more complete. Um, I think my lines flow a little bit better. Personal opinion, you know, obviously his bodybuilding is very subjective. But um, I just strongly believe that's a physique that I could beat pretty easily if, if I'm on. And I decided in that moment, I wanted to go win the Toronto Pro. And I knew that Ian would be there and I knew I needed to be on my A game. And I bought it and I won. So that, that win for me was really big because it was like, again, the eighth or ninth try. I've placed second. I don't know how many times at Toronto Pro. I've placed third. I don't know how many times at Toronto Pro. Uh, so it felt really good to win. It felt really good to celebrate that win with my, uh, with Neil and Flex and uh, my dad. And just, it was, it was a great night. I love hearing that, man. I really do. I also know, uh, for example, you always are very happy, even when it's your friends, for example, who wouldn't win the same show that you'd be competing in. And yeah. it's a really, it's, it's a really like uplifting, positive thing to hear because there, it is a selfish sport, right? We all have friends that compete in the same shows and, and whatever, but competing at the pro level where you're walking away with prize money, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that there's professionals out there that are just generally happy, you know, for their friends and, you know, peers when they walk away because they know that that prize money is going towards helping to build businesses, for example, or just bettering the lives of their families. And I guess yeah. the biggest thing that I'm very curious about, John, is just how did you and Flex become so close? How did you and, and, and Juan become as close as you guys did over the years? So Flex and I, our friendship really flourished when I moved down here to Florida after my divorce. I'm a very, like, I'm not the guy that's, like, in the bodybuilding industry, like, hanging out with all bodybuilders. It's just not me. I, I just, I do what I do because I love to do it. That's it. I, it's not a showboat thing for me. I'm not, you will never see me in a tank top, you know, walking down the beach, trying to flex. It's just, I don't do it for that. Um, so for that reason, I stay away from a lot of the people in the industry because there's a lot of egos in this industry. Flex, on the other hand, is a very, very good man. He's a, he's a family dude. And, uh, you know, when he found out, obviously he had known me and Flex have been friends before that. But when he found out that I had moved down to Florida and why, he was like, hey, why don't you just come down to the gym? He has his own private, he had his own private gym here. And he was like, just train with me and we'll hang out. And I said, you sure? You know, I don't want to be a bother. And he was like, no, I'll just come down and train. And after the first day, man, we really got after it. He was like, you coming back tomorrow? I was like, if you want me to. And that was it. Three, almost four years later, we spent every day together. We trained together. We ate together. You know, I saw his little girl grow up in front of me. And it was, a, it was an awesome experience. It was an awesome, awesome experience. Now, me and Juan and Akeem and Vic and Marco Rivera, the New York boys, uh, we all started, fuck, I was, I was the youngest of all of us. I was about 17, 18 years old. I was competing in 
you know, uh, all natural organization of the INBF, NABA, and kicking butt. Me and Sean Clarita were winning almost every IMBF show in our weight classes together. It was a, it was a good time. And look, look at Sean now. He's 212 Mr. Olympia. Incredible. But yeah, so me and Akeem and, and Juan and Marco, we embarked on this crazy dream seemingly at the time that we wanted to win the Metropolitan, the NPC Mets uh, back in April. And we were like, yeah, we're going to train and we're going to do it. And, you know, I'm going to win my weight class and Juan was going to win his weight class. <laughs> Oh uh, man, that's how that's how it all started, and uh, it was. It seems like a lifetime ago, but see, this is what I mean. Like those are things that I cherish. It's it's uh, it's cool to just think back at that stuff. I haven't thought about that stuff in a, in a long time, and I would go down and train with Juan Morel and Akeem down at uh, Synergy and on like the Twenty Third Street in Manhattan. Then me and Marco would train together almost daily at the uh, the Star Fitness in the Bronx. Victor would come train with us every now and again and kick our ass and just show us what it what it took to be a pro. So, yeah, I mean, just through the gym and through training and and having each other's backs through these, you know, me and Juan competed together. I don't know how many times. Man, he's kicked my ass all over the stage. I don't know how many times, too. And I was always happy for him because, like I always said, like, if 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 I'm not winning, I want one of my friends to win. And the reason why I want one of my friends to win is because I know that the, the friends that I have are good men. And what they're going to do is do something good for their family, right? They're not going to go spend it on showing off or whatever. They're going to try to better their lives. And if these people are being directly, you know, affected by these wins in front of me, right? Like if he can go put money away for his daughter's education or daughter's, you know, whatever it is. And I get to see that smile on her face. It's it's awesome, right? Yeah. Whereas if he didn't win, he might not have been able to afford. What I mean, now Juan is doing so good, he could probably do whatever he wants with the uh, my cookie dealer. Shout out to those guys there. The cookies are banging. <laughs> oh, we've heard but, of them all the way here to uh, from uh, to Canada. So uh, I haven't tried one myself, but I uh, I'm definitely on the lookout for, for awesome. those. You gotta ask. Uh, I, I was getting them to Antoine all the time. Antoine Vaillant. Yeah. Yeah. Quincy. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, the, the bonds that we created, man, they just they go far beyond the sport. You know, those guys are my brothers. I tell them all the time, like, it, you know, they're my blood and whatever they need from me, I'm there. And, and it's the same thing. Like I can pick up the phone. As a matter of fact, I haven't spoken to Juan. I haven't sat down and spoken to Juan and probably over a month at this point right now if i picked up the phone right now and called him he'd be like hey man what's going on how's the gym coming along because he knows like i'm out here busting mass and trying to you know make this gym successful um there's no there's never any like animosity or he's always looked out for me same thing with victor same thing with akeem same thing with marco and vice versa i'm always looking out for my boys too again those guys are my brothers and that'll never change People like that, I think they're very hard to come across these days. Yeah. Um, uh, regarding, you know, kind of going back and, and, and taking a look briefly at your, your training, how has your training evolved through the years from when you started bodybuilding to right about now? Has it changed at all? Have you had to change your approach or style of training as you got perhaps a little bit older? No, I don't think that. So for me, I just love training, right? And I've tried, obviously, I've tried different styles of training. I've tried some German volume training. I've tried all types of stuff. To me, I stick to the basics. You know, I, I do, I love progressive load. I work my way up to the top set, go to failure, back off if I need to, to get some extra reps. That's the stuff that works for me. Um, I, I don't believe in all the fluff behind number of reps or sets or how to do your reps and tempos and all this crazy shit it's it's a business and i get it i think, do you think there's a, do you, sorry do you think there's a tendency of perhaps overcomplicating something that is not that complicated when it comes 100%. to training okay 100 yeah. and that's what i mean like you know i have friends who do really well mm -hmm. you know selling their own programs yep. <laughs> Yep. But at the end of the day, I, I do believe the hard stuff is what makes you grow. There's no way around that. 
Yeah, and I think we've kind of grown apart from the just the basics, as you're, as you're mentioning. I think people are very concerned with looking at what's the next new thing, what's the, the most edgy uh, style of training that is going to get you the results Here, faster. Here's something, here's something that, like, I, I tell this to a lot of the younger kids that I see at the gym, and they ask me questions, and they're doing all these crazy angles, and, like, I'm like, hey, okay, who's the greatest bodybuilder? in your eyes and most of them because they're younger like oh ronnie coleman i'm like okay mm-hmm. go look back at any ronnie coleman video you let me know if he's twisting and turning and doing mm-hmm. reps like let me know if you find one exercise like that mm-hmm. no what you're gonna find is you're gonna find that motherfucker benching heavy squatting mm-hmm. heavy leg pressing heavy deadlifting heavy doing all the hard stuff mm-hmm. that's it no that's what it takes not yeah. Turn yourself and press this. Yeah, way and, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was <laughs> what you're doing. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Just stop. Yeah. Just, just do the hard stuff, man. Is that's it? Yeah. No, that's that's a, that's that's very uh, it's a very important topic, I think, because there's a lot of like there's very different opinions, and a lot of people believe on you know the complete opposite of what we're talking about here, and a lot of people like us believe that it's. I personally subscribe that kind of in the middle. I think there is like. Well, there's there's definitely room there's definitely room to learn and to to you're not going to perfect things but to get better at things right yeah. but at the end of the day you still got to do the hard stuff you know what i mean it, it yeah, still needs no to way get around done. The there's no way around it yeah you can sit on the side of the bench and press and do all your weird <laughs> shit that's fine but if you're not benching heavy, your chest ain't going to be out to you if you're squatting if you're not squatting heavy your legs ain't going to be out to you it's just not going to happen Absolutely. Well, it's the era that we live in, right? It's the social media era where you see, yeah. well, without saying names, like certain people, they put out their signature exercises. And that's like you were saying, the twists, the turns, the TikTok exercises, the uh, Instagram special ebook exercises, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the younger the younger people who are like, you know, let's say 16 to 20 are so impressionable. It's like, oh, I could be like that guy. It's like, well, Sure, maybe, but you're approaching it completely the wrong way. You're just buying into what they're trying to sell you. That's it. Right, right, right. I have a question for you, and uh, it's something that I love to actually ask everybody. If you could train up anybody past or present in their prime, Mm. who would it be and why? Mm. That's a good one. You know, I I really, 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 really would have loved to have trained with Ronnie. Mm -hmm. I really would have loved to train with him. Um, I just, some of the lifts that he does, like they're my favorite lifts. Like he used to love to squat. I love squatting. Um, I used to love to deadlift. I don't deadlift as often as, as I used to, but he used to love to deadlift, you know? So some of the lifts that he really got his, his fire going, like it does the same thing for me. So I would have, I think it would have been interesting. Obviously I wouldn't have been able to keep up with the poundages that he does, but I think it would have pushed me and and it would have been fun. Um, present, hmm, that's a tough one for me. Present, because I've trained, but I've trained with some fucking monsters. <laughs> uh, and there's okay, this can I can I is, can this be like a several answer? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. I, I'm gonna go with uh, JP. Okay, yep. I'm gonna go with James Hollingshead and uh, Nick Walker. Oh man, that those are very awesome good options. options. Yeah, I love yeah. them all. Like, uh, yeah. JP is um, one of my personal favorites. He just seems like a like a madman when he trains. He just goes yeah. into a, a, some sort of zone or trance in which he just <laughs> goes all out, and you know yeah. he's very motivating to me. Um, yeah. Past for me, I think it would be Tom Platt just because he's nuts. Same uh, yeah. thing. You know, uh, it would be a a, a very a good and a bad experience in a way because bad because you'll be suffering so much because he just seems to be very very intense and a good of course you know training with such a legend i think will be something definitely right. 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 But, uh, yeah it's uh those are all very good options uh yeah. well byron uh i don't have anything to add and i want to take uh, too much of his time do you have uh anything else that you'd like to no, talk about i uh I don't really, I don't really have anything to add and i don't i definitely don't want to take a bunch of your time because i know you just finished working no guys i'm good i'm good yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess my last question would be, well, I got two actually. Um, okay. 
what brought you to opening a gym? What made you want to do that initially? So my, my best friend and, and partner, my business partner, uh, Sean Covell, he owns four, three gyms out in California. And uh, him and I had been talking about this for years. And we were thinking about doing one in New York. We had looked at buying Star Fitness. We'd, we were kind of like feeling out the areas. But once my divorce happened, I was kind of like, you know what? I've always loved Florida. This is an opportunity for, you know, there's no attachments, you know, besides my family in New York. But there's no better time than right now to just kind of get away, explore what Florida would be like for me, and also look at properties to um, open up this gym. I ran it by Sean, and Sean was like, dude, I love the idea. Let's do it. So he was on Cali. I moved here about four years ago. It'll be four years in November. And uh, we started looking right away. And uh, we have a very specific business plan that we were sticking by. Um, numbers wise, you know, we're making sure that we, we stuck very, very closely to that. And with that, it was hard to find the building that we needed that would offer everything that we needed to stick by. Um, either the rent was too expensive or way too expensive because of Miami or the building wouldn't allow the use for a gym or we couldn't get the permits because the town didn't want another gym in the town. whatever it was, we ran into a million roadblocks. Uh, those are, that was the first two years that I was here. Last year was a complete wash because of COVID. There was just nothing happening. And then um, this year we, we, we picked up, we kept, we kept looking and it finally, we finally found a location that fit everything that we needed. Space-wise, rent-wise, everything. It just literally everything was perfect. And uh, we went for it, man. And it's something that we've been talking about for a long time. It personally been a dream of mine for a long time. And to see it actually coming to fruition is, it's been an awesome experience. It's been incredible. Scary. It's a very stressful thing, but we only live once, man. And if you don't, if you don't jump when you, you know, when you feel like you have to take an, and you have to just take a chance, take an opportunity, just jump and go for it. Um, you might look back at your life and regret it. And I don't ever want to look back at my life and regret anything. So we jumped, we took it. And so far it's been amazing. We plan on having a soft opening June 1st. Uh, we're getting over a hundred pieces of equipment within the next two days. So it's going to be a fun next two days unloading these trucks. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's, I've always, I owned a nutrition store in New York as well supplement okay. store and that was called nutrition locker again i said i've had a lot of experience inside of bodybuilding but also outside of bodybuilding through bodybuilding this is another way that i can continue to provide you know a good life for myself and hopefully one day my own family through bodybuilding but outside of bodybuilding right so although i i have a successful career in bodybuilding god forbid i ever get injured all of that can be gone so now I'm securing a little bit more of my future in doing this. And this is only step one. We plan on opening several more throughout the state. That's amazing to hear, man. And Thank not you. just not just like a congratulations to the gym, but just your mindset on its own speaks real volumes about your character, how you carry yourself, and just your values in general. Um, before we go, I guess, the one last question I had was your relationship with Team HD and, and how how that came about with you becoming a coach uh, along with Dorian and Antoine and those guys. I'm just curious how that all came about. So long story, I met uh, Noah and Dorian years, years, years ago. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, maybe eight, nine years ago. And Dorian was still an amateur. And I had remembered um, he had helped me out with something. And I, I was, he, he tells this story better than I do, but, I was talking to a fan and in the middle of like, you know, talking to people and I saw him I was like, Hey, Dorian, he was really taken back that I remembered him, you know, and he was just an impressionable person, impressionable person. And I remembered him and I wanted to acknowledge him and let him know like, Hey, I see you. How you doing? You know? So I guess that left a little bit of an impression on him. And then when he approached me last year to become part of HD, the HD supplement family, I was kind of like, all right, I would love to be a part of this, you know, and the numbers were just kind of like not working out, and, you know, but I still took a jump and I said, you know what, I have to support 
this, you know, he's trying to get this thing off the ground and, and trying to make this thing successful. And, and man, look at how it's blown up, you know? So I'm proud of the dude. Those guys really work hard. They're really, really good people. Uh, Noah and Dorian have always been good to me, always been good to my father. Whenever we see them at shows, they're just, they're like hugs and Hey, how are you? You know, they're, they're just good people. So I'm happy to be a part of team HD. And uh, as I said, you know, the opportunity to coach came up because Dorian has been getting so busy with the supplement line and building out the gyms and just several other business ventures that he's involved in that. He was like, Hey man, I need some help. Like, do you mind helping us coach? I was like, sure. Why not? Let's do it. You know, it's going to put some more money in my pocket. And again, for me, it's always about securing a little bit better of a future for myself and mm -hmm. making sure I have a little bit of a cushion in my bank account, just in case God, God forbid anything goes wrong. I tear a bicep or a pack or whatever. I can figure things out, you know, God forbid. I don't ever want that to happen. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it. I mean, he's they, Dorian and Noah are great dudes and they've given me an opportunity to be a part of, an athlete for their brand, but also a coach. And, you know, it's an honor to be working alongside those guys. That's awesome, man. And um, I love hearing all this, honestly, because it just, not just for me, but, but everybody else, it gives them a better perspective as to just what your come up was, who you are as a person, what's going on now, and kind of like yeah. a little sneak peek into what life looks like after bodybuilding and, right. you know, how to kind of secure yourself financially if you are a pro, for example, is looking at the long-term goal, right? Yeah. Um, so, John, I just want to say thank you so much for the time. Um, you know, congratulations again on the newest addition to your family with your sister being pregnant. And, you know, thank good you. luck in, in the future with uh, all your projects, man. And, hey, we'd love to have you on again in the future, maybe after you uh, compete again, if you got the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. After I win the Tampa Pro in August. After you win Tampa Pro. This August? Yeah. We'll this August, guys. Yeah, this August. Perfect. All right, man. Well, thank you. Thanks right. again, John. And uh, it was a pleasure today. Thank you for meeting with us and uh, thank you for all the information and, and knowledge that you provided us with today. Thank you. It was anyone great you being here, guys. Thank you go? so much. Is there anyone you want to plug or shout out before we go? Just HD supplements. Like I said, they've, they've been awesome. Trifecta Nutrition. They've been sending me my meals and taking care of my food. Um, my family and friends, I love you guys. Thank you for all the support. All you fans out there for uh, always sending me love and, and support through Instagram or email or whatever. I, I read every single one of them. Thank you guys so much. I've been blessed to have the career that I have and it wouldn't be possible with you guys. So thank you guys. Wonderful. Take care guys. Take it easy. See ya.